You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. Today's message is entitled, The Price of Wrestling with God. The Price of Wrestling with God. And now this is number eight, or part eight in Psalm 24. So, Psalm 24, part eight. And I'm going to pray, and then I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, I want to thank you for your word, that your word gives us wisdom. It gives us insight. Your word shows us where you're going and where we're going with you. Lord, uh, give us comfort and strength and understanding through your word and give me the grace to share it the way you want me to share it, the exact portion, and work these things in our lives that we would be hearers and doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Put your hands on your hearts, please, and pray this with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. Amen. So the price of wrestling with God, before I get into this, I want to thank you for your support. Our ministry is made possible by your donations, and I want to thank everybody that is giving If you would like to give, and this is a a big need for the ministry right now because uh, expenses have gone up and the giving has dropped. So we want to bridge that gap. And if you want to give and be part of the giving family, you can go to brisbanefire.com slash give, our give page on brisbanefire.com, and you can give there and thank you for your support. Now let's get into the message. Of, doors closed for Bible school. We're having a great uh, semester. But if you do want to visit, let me know, too, for Bible school. Last week, we connected Psalm 24-6 to Genesis 33:22 through 32. And that is Jacob's experience of wrestling with God. We learn that seeking God looks like wrestling and that God is seeking a generation that has faith to wrestle him. So I have here Psalm 24, verse 6. I'll start in the NIV version. It says here, such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. And then in Hebrews eleven six, this is a good one to memorize. Hebrews chapter eleven six, and we did read this last week as well. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Notice what it says there: He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. 
Now, we noticed in Psalm 24, uh, verse 6, that Jacob is mentioned. And Jacob is mentioned for a reason. Because we know that Jacob wrestled with God. And seeking God looks and feels like wrestling. Seeking God looks and feels like wrestling. And seeking God is a whole orientation of our lives. Uh, it's something we do when we spend time with God, but it's also meant to be the whole orientation of our life. The whole uh, path we're going down is the path of seeking God. And so throughout our lives, we are going to feel that wrestling because seeking God looks like wrestling. Here's Psalm 24 from my translation that I've been reading from. La Adonai Ha'aretz is how it starts in the Hebrew, but we're just zooming in on that verse 6 today. This generation seeks for more of him. They discover his presence. They pursue him like Jacob Salah. This generation seeks for more of him. They discover his presence. They pursue him like Jacob Salah. Now this part I was, uh, oh, not yet. Let me, let me first read this account again, Genesis 32. But the next part I'm going to share, I was wrestling whether to share it, but I'm going to share it anyway. But first, let me share this account of Jacob wrestling with God in Genesis 32, 24 through 27 first. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled. A man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh, so the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be Jacob. This is going into verse 28 and to 31. He said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, 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 which means face of God. For he said, and that's my, my little addition there, face of God. That's what it means. For he said, I have seen God face to face. And this is a Hebrew uh, phrase, panim el panim. Yet my life has been preserved. Now the sun rose upon him just as he crossed over Penuel, and he was limping on his thigh. So that is the account of Jacob wrestling with God, which really is the foundation of everything we're talking about. Now, this part I was wrestling with, sharing, with, sharing and I felt like the Lord said, you have got to put in your own personal experience. So over the last, over the last five years, our family has gone through an intensification of difficulties. 
And some of you who know us more closely uh, know about these difficulties. I don't know. I really don't know how we are still standing except by God's grace. Recently, I began to see that the devil is not powerful enough to, make, to put this much pressure on us. The devil is not, powerf- uh, not powerful enough to put this much pressure on us. It must be God himself behind it all, which is very humbling. The Lord has been wrestling with me and us, and I'd like to share some of the wisdom he has given me in this experience. So that's where this message is coming from. Some of the wisdom that has come out of this experience of wrestling with God. Sometimes we think we're wrestling with people, but we're really wrestling with God. And this week we're focusing more on God wrestling with us. And next week it'll be more us wrestling with God. So the two different aspects. So let's get into this some more. Oh, and let's keep in mind that God's pressure turns our carbon into diamonds. Now, usually we think of it as coal into diamonds, but technically and more scientifically, it's carbon. It's the the pressure on the carbon that turns into diamonds. So let's keep in mind that pressure turns our carbon into diamonds. And pressure turns us into diamonds. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. What does wrestling with God mean? This is a question that's before us. What does wrestling with God mean? You see it in this whole story of Jacob wrestling with God. And Hosea chapter 12, 2 through 5, sheds more light on what was happening when Jacob, Yaakov, wrestled with God. That's his Hebrew name, Yaakov, or Yaakov more properly. What was happening when Jacob was wrestling with God? We see some more light as we read Hosea 12, 3 through 5. So let me read this to you. In the womb, he took his brother by the heel. And I'll read, I'll read it first in the English, and then I'll add some of the Hebrew, Hebrew words in there so you can see some of the word plays. In the womb, he took his brother by the heel, and in his maturity, he contended with God. Yes, he wrestled with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He found him at Bethel, and there he spoke with us, even the Lord, the God of hosts. The Lord is his name. Amen. And one of the things you see in there, that the wrestling involved weeping. Can you say weeping? So so in our seeking God, there there are tears. And then also we see that Seeking, seeking his favor. He wept and sought his favor. It starts off with, in the womb, he took 
by the heel. This, this phrase, he took by the heel, is one word in Hebrew, akav, where we get yaakov. So the idea of taking yaakov. So uh, Jacob's name comes from yaakov, comes from akav, to take by the heel. And this comes from when he was born, he was, he was wrestling in the womb with Esau. So in the womb, he was wrestling. And there was that, all that wrestling going on with, uh, in Rebekah's womb, Jacob and Esau. And even, even as he's coming out of the womb, he's grabbing, he's grabbing Esau's heel. And then it goes on to say, in his maturity, he contended with God. The word contended is Sarah, Sarah, where we get the name Sarah from. And Sarah could mean princess, uh, but uh, we know that princes and princesses, they contended for the people. So there's that link there in Hebrew of contending and fighting. Uh, And that is what it means to be royal is to be uh, a warrior. To be royal is to be a warrior in God's eyes. And so we have this word Sarah used, which is, then comes into the name Israel, Yisrael. You have the, the S and the R in there, the consonant root there, which is he contends or he wrestles with God. And then you see it again, that Sar there, but in a different verb, verbal form. Yes, he wrestled. Yasar, with the angel and prevailed. Or another way it could be translated as is uh, and endured. He wrestled with the angel and he endured. Uh, yeah, and then later it goes on to talk about Yahweh, even Yahweh, the God of hosts. Yahweh is his name, his remembrance. So again, what does wrestling with God mean? What does it mean to wrestle with God? It means perseverance. (laughs) Wrestling with God means perseverance. Say with me that word, perseverance. And we see that example in Jacob. So... I'd like us to focus on this some more. Zoom in on this word, perseverance. So wrestling with God, it means perseverance. Persevering through pain. Persevering through pain. And we see this with Jacob as he's wrestling with God. God touches his hip, puts it out of, you know, dislocates it. And yet, through all of this, Jacob is hanging on. Wrestling with God and seeking with God means persevering through pain. It means not letting go when he hurts you. Would God hurt you? Well, we see in this example, Jacob is hurt. And we see in the greatest example, Jesus is on the, you know, on the cross suffering immense pain 
we might think, well, the cross is just for Jesus, but then Jesus tells us, you carry your own cross if you want to be my disciple. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. So perseverance means not letting go when God hurts you. Persevering, it means persevering when God's promises seem unfulfilled. And this is one of the reasons why we see that Jacob is, uh, he's praying, he's seeking that favor. He's saying, I won't let you go until you bless me. And persevering is, it's sticking it out when God's promises seem unfulfilled. They seem like they're taking a long time. That happened with, even all, all the matriarchs, too. You have Abraham, Sarah. You know, Sarah was barren for a long time. Then you have Isaac and Rebekah. And Rebekah was also barren. And then when she has the conception, the children are wrestling within her. What's going on here? And it means, persevering means, uh, this, this wrestling, sorry, this wrestling with God, it means persevering through what appears to be God's slowness. Throughout Scripture, you see that God promises, but it seems like it's taking a long time for these promises to come to pass, to unfold. And one of the, the beauties of the book of Revelation is that the book of Revelation is telling us that all of God's promises will be fulfilled. Everything we read will be fulfilled. It will come to pass. It will happen. And when we are at the end, we are going to be thinking more like God, and, and we're going to think, wow, how quickly did that happen? It went by so fast. But while you're in it, it feels like it's, forever. <laughs> and that's how it is like raising children. I shared this story at Bible school the other day, raising children. You're raising your children. Well, just last year, Gideon got married. And then you're looking back and thinking, boy, did that time go by quick. But during the sleepless nights and the sicknesses and the pains and the struggles as you're raising a kid, and how are you going to feed them and all these questions and how are you going to pay for school fees and all these, th all these thoughts, all as you're as you're going through it, you're thinking, this is taking so long. It, it seems like a, a big, long process. And then you're at the end, and you're thinking, oh, wow, this actually is quick. And I was, I was glad that I had no re regrets because I spent a lot of time with Gideon. We would go for walks together. We would take trips together. We were always hanging out. And so I had no regrets. I thought, wow, the t that time went by quick. But thankfully, uh, the Lord gave me the wisdom to prior, prioritize time with my son. So this is the perspective we need to have when it comes to God's promises and to persevere while, when it seems so slow and when it seems unfulfilled. What else does it mean to wrestle with God and to 
Persevere. Persevering when God slows you down. So there's times in our life, and actually our whole life, I think God is trying to slow us down. We are at a fast pace, especially when we're young. We want to do many things. And God is slowing Jacob down here in Genesis 32, 31. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. So from this point on, Jacob was walking with a limp. God physically slowed him down. And this is one of the issues that God wants to deal with in all of us is that we're, we're trying to run ahead of God and God wants to slow us down and it's all about us depending on him, us trusting him. For some, the spou a spouse doesn't come as soon as they want. Uh, for others, it's a baby doesn't come as, as uh, fast as they want it to come. But all of us have something, you know, it's not all the same. Uh, for some of us pastors, we're wondering, where are, where's the congregation? Especially during COVID times. And you have just, you know, a few people there. And you're wanting to see God's, you're longing to see God's kingdom grow. Well, we want to, some want to see more money. They want to see all sorts of things. But we need to persevere when God is slowing us down. And he's slowing us down for a reason. Because he wants us to enjoy that intimacy with him. That communion with him. The communion with him, the intimacy with him is more important than our speed. And it's more important than our stuff. All the things we can get. That intimacy with him is the greatest treasure. And it comes at a price of him slowing, slowing us down. Now, when he slows you down, don't give up. And this is the thing about Jacob. He didn't give up. God touched him and dislocated his hip. And he was out of joint. Yeah, he was really out of joint. And yet, he did not let go. And this is the lesson we can learn from Israel. And I'm talking about Israel, the person. Is that, and then you'll find this in the nation of Israel, too. And this is also a distinctive characteristic of God's people of faith. They don't let go, even though it seems like you should curse God and die. So this was what Job's wife said to him. And uh, we, at, uh, on Sunday morning, we usually play Superbook in, uh, in our house. Have you ever seen Superbook? Superbook. It's really good. Uh, it's, this, it's a cartoon where these kids, these cartoon characters, go into the story of Scripture. I love how it's done. And it's anime, uh, anime, uh, you know, style, anime style. Well, anyway, there is uh, Valerie selecting, which one should I play? And she selects Job. And in my mind, I'm thinking, no, not Job. No, not Job. I've been through enough, Lord. No, I don't want to hear Job. <laughs> so this is the kind of wrestling that goes 
in our mind. But I didn't say that. I thought this must be important. And so she played the story of Job. And there's that part where the wife is saying, you know, God's taken everything from you. Why are you still worshiping? Why, why are you still praising him? Curse God and die. It's a, it's a cartoon, so I don't think it said curse God. But that's how it says it in Scripture. And, uh, but this, the, the moral of the story is Joseph keeps, I mean, not Joseph, Job. Did I say Joseph before Job? Did I, get, did I say Job before? I meant Job. She put on Job. Did I say Job or did I say Joseph? Oh, I just said Joseph once. Thanks. I'm, I'm checking with my editors. I'm like, oh, man. Did I get this? So excuse me. Just that. Let me take out that one Joseph and put in Job. The whole purpose of it is that Job is constantly worshiping. He doesn't stop worshiping. Like Jacob, he doesn't let go. Job holds on. And this is what persevering means, persevering through trials and tribulations. Persevering through trials and tribulations. Just like Job did, just like Jacob did, just like all of the men of God with all their flaws and the women of God with all their flaws, they persevered. Persevering, wrestling with God and seeking God means persevering as you carry your cross. Now, there's something very interesting in the Hebrew in Genesis 32, 25, and it's this word, yaka, yaka, which is translated as dislocated, which is good for this translation here. But it also means in other places where you find this word, it means execution by hanging. So the idea is like his, head, his, his leg is hanging off. It's not in place. And then when you find this word yaka used, it's used for execution by hanging, which if you're reading this in the Hebrew, it reminds you of something else. It reminds you of the cross. And it reminds you of Jesus' crucifixion. Jacob's wrestling foreshadows Gethsemane and Jesus' cross. We see that even Jesus wrestled with his father in Gethsemane. And this was his acceptance and saying, not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus carrying the cross. So Jesus persevered. And that's one of the messages of the cross, is perseverance. The purpose of perseverance is that our character would become like Jesus. Now, I need to slow down here and say it again. <laughs> the purpose of perseverance is that our character would become like Jesus. Many people check out when there's pain or discomfort. But God's people are made from a different mold, the mold of Messiah. We endure the suffering that is in God's will. There's certain suffering that is not God's will that we ask God for healing from. We may even need healing from suffering that is in God's will. 
but there, in, in modern Christianity, there's a whole thinking, and I think you may have come across it before, is that if there's pain or discomfort, that it must not be God's will, which goes totally against the, the heart of our faith, which is the cross of Jesus Christ. And I remember when I was discipling, early in the Bible school, I was discipling a group of people, and one of them just got saved, and he was, he was quite hungry for God. He says, oh, you got to read this book. you got to read this book. This is the, kind of the best book ever. And the, and the guy shows me the book, and, I, and it, I turn it over and read the back, and the guy says, why you don't need to suffer as a Christian? And I was like, huh, this is int- what, what is this message here? What is this kind of like uh, alternative form of a different version, an alternative form of the Christian faith. And, uh, and, you know, it goes as far in some people's theology of if Job suffered because he was fearful uh, or somebody suffered because there was, uh, they did something wrong, like Jesus suffered on the cross because he did something wrong. He didn't do something wrong but he was dying in our place. There's a a lot of strange ideas when it comes to suffering, but in suffering, God is working perseverance. He's working perseverance. And the book of Revelation calls us to patient endurance. The book of Revelation calls us to patient endurance. It's the Greek word hupomane. Hupomane, meaning the capacity to hold out or bear up in the face of difficulty. And some of you may notice that word meno in there, to abide, and then hupo is under. Uh, So we have the idea of bearing up. So hupomane means the capacity the capacity to hold out or bear up in the face of difficulty and with a sense of expectation from God. There's an expectation that God rewards those who diligently seeks him. So let's go to Revelation 1.9. This is the book that we're studying at Bible school, and sometimes on Sundays I like to bring out some things from the book of Revelation. So Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, I'll show you how this word is used here. And John the Apostle here is telling us that he had to be persevering. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance. That's that word, hupomane. Your companion your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. Did you see that? That they are ours in Jesus. The suffering, the kingdom, patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the Isle of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. So it's used there. And then if you flip over to 13.10, I won't show you all the places it's, it's used, but it's used in 2.2, 2.3, 2, 2.19, 3.10. But we'll go to Revelation 13.10, chapter 13, verse 10. 
And it's talking about the persecution that the beast brings on God's holy people. Before that, it says, whoever has ears, let him hear. And then verse 10, if anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity they will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword they will be killed. And then it concludes with this part. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. Because of this martyrdom that's going on in this persecution, God says this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. And then it says the same thing again in 14.12. And it's about those who... There will be, it's before that it says, there will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and receive its image. Those who worship the beast and its image or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. So read that one again. There will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. So let me interpret this. It means that God's people will not bow to the enemy. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we will not bow. You're putting up your image. You're putting up this idol. You're telling us to bow to the idol. We will not bow. We will not worship another god. We will only worship Yahweh and his son, Jesus Christ, we will not worship another God. So only bowing to the Lord and no one else. And this is what perseverance looks like, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Again, what does it mean to wrestle with God? It means... The next thing is resistance. Say this word with me, resistance. Well, we could say it more with more conviction, resistance. Resistance. When God wrestles with you, he is building your resistance. When God wrestles with you, he is building your resistance. He's resisting you to build resistance in you. And let me explain how this works some more. We have here a photo of a father and a child. Like a father wrestles with his son so that one day his son can wrestle in a competition, God wrestles with us to prepare us to grapple with the world and the devil. And let me ex- explain this. Again, or let me read this again, explain it a little bit more. Like a father wrestles with his son so that one day his son can wrestle in a competition, God wrestles with us to prepare us to grapple with the world and the devil. And Ephesians 6 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against these rulers and authorities and principalities. But when God is wrestling with us, it's like a father wrestling with his son to build his son up. Just like Peter, every week he'll go into the training room 
and he'll be wrestling with people. That wrestling is done in a friendly environment, but then you go into a competitive environment, and then you're wrestling for the competition. And God wrestles with us in the secret place in our hearts and our lives to build in us muscles so that we can wrestle with the world and with the devil that is constantly trying to attack us. He's trying to give us strength here. And it's interesting. It's a strength that comes through weakness, like Jacob was weakened in order that he can be strengthened. And how does that work out is that weakness is turned into strength through faith. Weakness is turned into strength when we rely on God and trust in him, when we find our support from him and not from our own understanding. Why does God wrestle with us again. All muscles are built through resistance. God is building you, sorry, God is building in you a muscular faith that holds on and fights. So all muscles are built through resistance. God is building in you a muscular faith that holds on and fights. He's training you. Think about Joshua. God's promises don't come easy. They come through battling. God says, I'm giving you the promised land. But Joshua still had a battle for it. He still had to take up his sword, meditate on the word day and night, drive out the people. So God promised it to him, but there was still a battle for it. And in God wrestling with us, he's training you. I think about how my pastor trained me. My pastor was quite tough on me and uh, had to rebuke me oft often as I, he took me under his wing. And I wondered why he was so tough on me. And my pastor said, well, if you can't take it from me, how are you going to take it from your congregation that you're going to pastor? Because he knew after 20 plus years of ministry that uh, people were not easy <laughs> to lead. Not you guys. No, no there's no. <laughs> but people are not easy to lead, and they will come at you and attack you and, and accuse you and try to pull you down and say all sorts of things. And so if you can't take it from someone who loves you, how are you going to take it from those who don't love you and this is why God trains us. He disciplines us. He rebukes us. He challenges us. So we need to be open to God challenging us because if we're seeking him, he's going to constantly challenge us. And, and sometimes I've thought in, in the difficulties we have been going through, I thought, I thought this was over with. I thought I, in life, I checked that box. You know, that 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 particular trial, you know, I thought we checked that box and it was over with and we got through it. You know, we got through it together, Lord. But <laughs> they, you find that things come up again and it's not just checking boxes. God is developing us, developing in, developing in us the character of Christ. 
And it's, it's our whole lives. It's our whole lives. So there's never going to be a point in our life where there's no trials and tribulations. There'll be seasons of uh, peace and, and rest where we catch our breath. But there's always going to be challenges in this world because of that fiery red dragon that we read about in Revelation chapter 12. And that fiery red dragon is after, after the... Uh, the believers trying to then from his mouth the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the, the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. And, but we see the earth helps the woman. And then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. So Revelation shows us there is a greater war going on. And then also, why does God wrestle with us? God is more concerned about changing our character, like I said before. God is more concerned about changing our character, our name. When, when God changed Jacob's name to Yisrael, from Yaakov to Yisrael. He was changing his character and also how people looked at him afterwards. He was one that wrestled with God. We'll talk about that more next week. But God is more concerned about changing our character than giving us stuff. It's the inward part of us, our insides, it's our hearts that God is wanting to mold and make, and he's wanting our insides to reflect him. And religion is so focused on the outward appearance, how, how we look outwardly, the clothes we wear, the washing of hands, like the Pharisees were really upset, really triggered the Pharisees when Jesus' disciples didn't wash their hands. And then Jesus used that as a whole lesson to say it's not what you put into your mouth that makes you unclean, but it's, what's com it's what comes out of your mouth. And then he said in the heart is all these evil things, evil thoughts and adultery and theft and murder. It's those things that make you unclean. And it's those things that the Lord, like a warrior, is trying to wrestle out of us and... Uh, cast out of us, like drive out of us, just like, jo uh, just like uh, Joshua, just like Joshua drove out the uh, people from the promised land who, though God was merciful to them in the past, it was, it, the time was over and it was time for them to go because they would not change. So here's a great myth, and Anna and I were talking about this the other week, and we're almost finished here. The myth is this. If it's not easy, it's not God. Have you ever heard something like this? I remember going into the Solomon Islands, and this lady was having a bad day, and she lost her keys, and she said, uh, I must... Uh, I must not be in God's will because it's not easy. Things are not easy for me. Well, of course, if you're not in God's will, it won't be easy. But if you, if you say that if it's not easy, it's not God, 
you have forgotten our call to carry the cross. You've forgotten about wrestling with God. You've forgotten about how difficult it was for men like Job and Paul and John and Matthew, all, all of them, you know, the difficulties they went through. So if it's not easy, it's not God, is not a true statement. This comes from a wrong interpretation of Matthew 11.30. Did I put, I got that wrong, didn't I? It's not, it's got to be 11.30, right? Yeah, 11.30. I must have saw 12 and said, oh, (laughs) put 12. No, it comes from a wrong interpretation of Matthew 11.30 often translated as my yoke is easy. Have you heard that? Yeah, my yoke is easy. It's better translated as my yoke is good, wholesome, and useful. Jesus is not saying that everything is going to be without resistance. Everything is going to be easy. Easy like a Sunday morning. And somebody wrote a meme. You know, the person who wrote easy like a Sunday morning, they were not trying to prepare toddlers and children to get to church. (laughs) So Jesus is not saying that everything is going to be without resistance. Of course, there's resistance. God wrestles with you to work in you his humility. God wrestles with you to work in you his humility. That's Chagall's uh, painting of Jacob wrestling with the angel. And lastly, there's a price to wrestling with God. It will mean perseverance and resistance. But God's reward is always greater than the cost. God's reward is always greater than the cost. Hebrews 11:6 we'll go we started with this we'll end with this. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Amen? Did I hear an amen? Amen. We'll pray. Father, here we are before you hearing your word. Your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You're the one who initiated that whole wrestling match with Jacob. He was alone and you came to him and you wrestled with him. And there's so many treasures, treasures we can draw out of this passage. I'm praying, Father, that we would have a heart that perseveres and does not let go. And that when we feel resisted, 
we would know that you're building spiritual muscle in us. And that in the pain, we would not run away, but we would, we would hold on to you. We would depend on you. We would cling to you, Lord, through everything. Father, you're a good father. And because you're a good father, you're training us. You're teaching us. And you're also gentle with us. Because even though it was difficult for Jacob, you were being gentle with him because you're the Lord of all the universe and you're going to easily squash him. But you engaged in this wrestling with Jacob. Thank you that you engage us. And in all of our wrestlings with you, may we come to know you more, seek you and find you and keep on seeking you. In Jesus' name, amen.